The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded June 17th, 2018. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Inside the Art Studio, I'm your host, Jeff McCallum. Whoopso is a five-piece from London, Ontario that blends folk, metal, pop, grunge, and more into a truly unique experience. Their live show differs greatly from their recordings, giving them a yin and yang mystique. Music aside, Whoopso is well known for blending social work and activism into their art. Indigenous frontman Adam Sturgeon often focuses on issues like colonization, language, self-determination, and appropriation in his lyrics, and the band as a whole work hard to give back to London, Ontario, and also the various communities on Turtle Island. Joining me today on Inside the Artist Studio is Adam Sturgeon and Joe Thorner of Whoopso, and also Drew McIntosh of Grizzler Coffee and Records. Is is that pronounced correctly, Whoopso? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, it, the idea is that it doesn't matter how you say the name, it's that you try to say it. So we say Whoopso, yeah. but... Um, there's a lot of different things that people say, and that's cool. That's the idea. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So um, no worries. Well, let's start by getting the names of the folks here in the room with me and how you're associated with Whoopso. Uh, I'm Joe. Uh, I play bass and keyboard. I'm Adam. I play guitar and I sing. Hi, I'm Drew. Uh, I run a record label called The Grizzlar Records, and I've been working with Whoopso a little bit in the last little while. Nice. Okay, so I'll start with the start of Whoopso. Originally a two-piece, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, it kind of st- stemmed from uh, just a solo project that I had almost, well, basically 10 years ago. I was playing kind of a like folk rock band, fuzz folk band, um, and uh, had a bunch of kind of weird experimental bedroom kind of recording things that I wanted to get out of me and that was uh, for a project called the Water Street Projects which basically just morphed into uh, Whoopso when I met Kirsten Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, plays in the band as well Um, that was back in Guelph Um, and uh, we had some members of the band for a few years in Guelph um, before moving to London when we relocated to London it was just hard to make everything work yeah so uh, eventually uh, through my record label out of sound uh, some of the different bands that I was working with in London over a couple years we kind of all those of us who kept making music and playing music started working together under Mm Whoopso yep so your last album was called Citizen Band Radio, and we loved it so much here at Cups and Cakes that we put it on our best albums of 2016 list. Uh, it's been roughly a year and a half since it came out. Are there any plans for a follow-up full length? Yeah, we just finished recording uh, one. There's no set release date right now. It's looking probably like 
probably the spring of of next year, okay, 2019. Um, but it's it's pretty well cased. It's a record we're really proud of. It, it's it's essentially like the five of us um, in the studio, but uh, just playing our instruments through our amps. You know, so yeah. we just it's more reminiscent maybe of our live show nice. whereas some of our previous recordings were still of that kind of lo-fi bedroom spectrum and so people were kind of like waiting to hear that huge live thing yeah um so that's coming down the pipe but it, cool yeah. cool well while we wait you have been wetting our appetites with new music uh kind of of the single varieties i wanted to talk about your latest seven inch called the dive which has an edmonton connection which would be Drew from Grizzlar here. So how did you end up meeting Drew and how did you end up putting out a record through a coffee place? What is going on? <laughs> uh, well, we met Drew through a couple folks. I think it was actually Nehawak first. It was Eamon. Yeah, I was going to say, Eamon, like, between Eamon, Hawak, and Drew, we just kind of, like, connected some dots as as to um, some folks that needed to know each other, and Eamon was the catalyst for um, saying, like, what, what you do in your band would be really well-received in Mexico, mm-hmm. and so that's how we kind of, like, founded the things, and then, uh, yeah, The Dive is uh, one of Joey's songs that we kind of put together when we were doing a residency out in New Brunswick, so, um, yeah, the the idea of, like, uh, these musical exchanges in communities was something that we wanted to try and do internationally, mm-hmm. and so those those guys helped us, and that's the Edmonton Connection. So how did you end up sending these guys down to Mexico and all this this idea behind Grizzlar to grab a band and, and do something like this? Where did this all come from? Well, I've been working on music projects for a long time, uh, and I noticed that I always ran out of money before I ran out of ideas. Yeah. Um, and working on art <laughs> and uh, those kinds of things, like you have to be creative in everything you do. Yeah. Um, I really kind of grew up with this like uh, sort of like an anti-business punk rock mentality and then one day I realized that like if it wasn't punk rockers making business then it wasn't gonna uh, there was it it was never gonna pay into the things that I wanted to see in the world you know so um, I came up with this idea to uh, to open up a coffee roaster um, that housed a record label Um, I've worked on a lot of international projects uh, in the last 10 years and this was something that I kind of felt like we could uh, create an economy to do these things and to do them really uh, successfully and really well. Um, I had actually gone down to Mexico with Eamon McGrath uh, last year. I set up a, a little run that we did shows in uh, Guadalajara and San Luis Potosi and Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And so from there, um, Eamon had just started chatting with these guys about about his experiences and whatever. And somehow it all kind of came together and we did it. Um, and in the lead up to it, we were talking about, you know, what, uh, how, you know, how to do it properly and how to like, how to leave artifacts behind when we go. Um, and so we ended up pressing this seven inch, uh, for the Mexican tour, which is a really, uh, interesting thing because, uh, when you're publishing any kind of art or whatever, you have to think about where it's going to end up. And so it was a, it was a cool project, um, for one of our early releases, uh, mm-hmm. to do something 
from Canada that was destined for Mexico. Very cool. So did you record the dive in Mexico or is that recorded here? Uh, no, that was recorded uh, at home. Okay. On our own, yeah. But uh, I, you, we were talking before, you had recorded some stuff during that trip down to Mexico, correct? Totally, yeah. We were in the in the studio of the band that we were touring with, Cannibales, who yeah. are part of Grizzlar. So their studio was great. It was like really, really uh, the type of environment that we can thrive in. Um, a lot of outboard gear. And so as we were setting up the mics for each instrument, we were running it through the, you know, processing it through different gear that we were kind of having fun with. And uh, I'm kind of a gear freak in a way. <laughs> um, so I like that. I like. I really like that studio environment, and uh, we kind of captured things as we were while we were down there, too. Yeah. So it's got it's got that vibe, and then we we brought in um, a percussionist who kind of was focusing on pre-colonial sounds, which we really identify with, obviously, of course. And um, so this this dude Jesus came in and. Um, added a lot of layers to the to the music and we're really excited to um, have the opportunity to bring that out at some point yeah cool and is that being released through Grizzlar yeah we're gonna release um, we're gonna release it as a some sort of vinyl LP or EP sorry and then um, we're gonna figure out how to how to take it and put it put the digital thing into the biggest uh, into the biggest networks possible we want people to hear this stuff so cool. We're gonna we're gonna focus on um, on the physical uh, the physical copies, and then we're gonna we're gonna try to come up with a strategy that that sends the digital sounds as far as they can go. So when you went down to Mexico, you played a bunch of shows. Uh, what was it like to go to go down there and share your music with with the Mexican people? Were they pretty well receptive? Or yeah, the hospitality there, like beyond the the food being absolutely just like incredible, um, the hospitality of the people that we were staying with, that we were meeting along the way, was very incredible. Um, so uh, reception was was pretty great and similar to Canada in a way where some of the smaller communities were extra appreciative mm -hmm. because they don't get folks like us touring down there maybe our sound is a bit different because we're from where we're from so it was really neat in that respect um, and there's there's a lot of potential I think for for uh, international ties um, especially for the for the movement we're a part of and uh, yeah I'm excited to see what what might happen there again in the future yeah it's totally um, great. when you say the movement you're a part of what are you referring to well um, we talk about a lot like uh, whoopsos in the uh, identity scene so to speak which is you know a kitschy term for um, people using art as a vehicle to kind of find themselves or to create a voice for um, situations that are underrepresented we only intend to kind of like find ourselves through music but um, when you're so strong-minded in that experience um, that it, that it's being recognized by a community uh, and an arts community is really 
nice. And uh, I guess a part of that too for us is the indigenous next wave, which is like a another term that's being thrown around for indigenous artists, like reclaiming identities, uh, representing the, their culture through music and sound <clears throat> and art. All that stuff is really important stuff to to me when we first started that like wasn't really as prevalent um but it was always what we were doing and so i think there was lots of uh, lots of people out there doing that mm -hmm. and now there's a, a platform for that which is really nice that is definitely yeah so one last question before we dive into the rapid fire what does the rest of 2018 have in store for whoopso Honestly, I think we're going to try and take it easy. Uh, there's uh, so, so many opportunities, which is so wonderful for us. Um, we've been doing some acoustic shows that we're really excited about. Um, I was mentioning earlier, we're kind of like maybe criticized for not always sounding like our live show. Um, so now we have two live shows and they're very uh, separate of one another. Yeah. And I think it's important that whoever is criticizing that impression of us or assumption of us is, is not really accurate. Mm -hmm. We're just doing what we do and our recordings are our recordings and our live shows are live show and it's going to be a different live show. So we want to like bring diversity to our to our art project. We don't want to be boxed in. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Alright, well that is it for the, you know, the, the normal questions that you probably get frequently. I've got a, a list of rapid-fire questions here that you probably don't get very frequently. But it's kind of a way that we like to maybe get to know you guys a little bit more, you know, uh, other than just talking about Whoop, so let's talk about you guys. So my first question is what album sparked your love of music? Um, I didn't really start listening to music that much until, like, late high school, university. Yeah. But, and I didn't start getting into good music until a couple of years ago, basically. But uh, I found this band called This Heat. Mm -hmm. They're like a post-punk band, and that sparked a lot of things for me, I think. Yeah, The Heat are amazing. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much cover the whole spectrum. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah, all the bands. Adam? Uh, for me, uh, there's a, f a few, but uh, I think the first one could pretty much be narrowed down to a mixtape that um, my sister's uh, like grade seven boyfriend made for her, and it had Enya on it, and it had Nirvana Nevermind, of course, <laughs> yeah, and it had uh, Beck Mellow Gold. And uh, I listened to that on the bus on the way to swimming in grade three or four. And uh, from that point on, I was kind of hooked into uh, that sound. Enya was a bit of an anomaly for me, I guess, but yeah. I really liked that track. My dad really liked it too. So. Nice. Those are family track. <laughs> uh, what's your current musical obsession? Honestly, I've been listening to a lot of post-punk stuff lately we've been kind of collecting it and synth stuff just like picked up all the synergy albums and nice <laughs> some yeah. like weird uh moog records yeah, yeah. cool mm -hmm. i think um right off the hop is the new jennifer castle i think that's going to be the kind of like soundtrack to my summer uh 
Jennifer's amazing. She's actually the the doula for my partner while we were birthing our son. No way. Yeah, so that was really special to have her. She, she's, uh, I think, a Canadian musical hero. Um, yeah, I really like that record. Um, otherwise, it's been Donovan, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, burgers or pizza? Pizza. Yeah, pizza. How do you take your coffee? Black or with cream? Yeah, lots, lots of cream. <laughs> What's the best movie you've seen recently? I haven't really watched a lot of movies recently. Have you? Yeah, I put movies on though to like just like disappear from my cognitive function. <laughs> so I watch movies, but I don't remember what they are at all. I've seen a few movies that I liked recently. Yep. <laughs> I've been watching uh, some, is it Paul Wes Anderson or Wes Paul Anderson movies? Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. No, Paul. Yeah, yeah, he did one that was pretty good recently, right? Isn't that? The last one he did that I've seen was the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, that one was good. The motorcycle scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just watched the new Alanis Obamsawin documentary, which is about uh, kind of like a healing experience in a community outside of Winnipeg. Okay. And it was really powerful. It was like really um, a really nice, robust look at how the community was affecting positive change in a variety of ways. Everything from the traditional to just the way the school functions to, yeah, just like every aspect of, of a community. And also just Alanis is super old. She's done like, you know, over 50 movies um, with the National Film Board and like there's just scenes where she's like out in a out in a canoe and it's like pouring rain and they're like traversing a beaver dam and stuff like that where it's like what did it take for her also to do this yeah. documentary and she's there interviewing everybody she's there all the time so i thought that that was really great cool yeah what's the best thing to happen to you on stage the best thing that happens is when it when the stage actually sounds good, which is like very rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the funniest things that have happened <laughs> have been some of the uh, dance moves and stuff that I watch Adam do. There's been some like trip ups and fall downs off stages, and I fell off the drum kit in Sarnia. Right. Yep. I don't know. Those are just. F- kind of follies yeah the most fun i think i've had was just the time that i tackled you into eric oh yeah um it, it was actually really fun i think people thought it was a really aggressive thing but it was actually joe and i just got stuck there's really nothing we could do so i just ended the set <laughs> we haven't set up we haven't set up beside each other since no that ended that day <laughs> If you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? Well, it's funny. We've played with a couple folks that like I would have dreamed to play with. Like when we played with the Constantines, that was a mm-hmm. dream come true. Or we've played shows with Jennifer Castle. So it's it's interesting when you. I think it's just like more about like for me how I set goals as an artist or something like that, which I think is more linear than what my dream would be. If if Elevator got back together, I'd like to play with them, you know, or like maybe. If they got back together, we could take them on tour with us someday or something. That'd be a dream come true, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that. 
Yeah, I I don't really know off the top of my head who I would like to open for. Smashing pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the past experience, like you mentioned, uh, Adam, the the Constantines opening for them on yeah. a, a couple of bills and stuff like that was really special. And Deerhoof was cool. Deerhoof, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what's the strangest job you've ever had? I think the strangest job I ever had was the casino. I was a blackjack dealer. No way. Yeah, in Sarnia, and that was that was very very strange because it's open 24 hours too. So you oh, either work wow. either work 8 p.m. till 4 in the morning or 4 in the morning till noon. That was were the only shifts that were available <laughs> for me. But yeah, it was really weird, really weird. But it was actually a lot of fun. The like gaming aspect of it and counting and it's pretty fun. Yeah, you're good counting. The strange job I've ever had is the job I have, um, just because I'm a street outreach worker and the social circumstances you find yourself in are like really diverse and random at times. So it's like there's a lot of strange things that happen, um, tons of strange things, despite the seriousness of the job. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of really hilarious and funny things, and it's all it's all sorts of chaos. Yeah. Cool. Yep. What was your favorite childhood toy? Um, I had a lot of, uh, like the connects type stuff, not actual connects, but, um, like the knockoff version. I'm not, it was just like metal and okay. I think maybe connects was, too. I think that was before connects, like yeah. the metal ones. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. My, my mom brought it home from her school. I think they were just like getting rid of it. She's a teacher and, uh, it was all just like, nuts and bolts and these yeah. like long metal rods that you can just piece together and make little contraptions yeah i was super into dinky cars nice for sure yeah just like tracks and you know yeah yep <laughs> who's your favorite superhero um i liked the ninja turtles nice yeah. that's good yeah i didn't really have a specific one but that was my th- my thing. Uh, what's the dude from Goonies? What was he called? Is he allowed to sloth? Be- sloth. <laughs> Is sloth a superhero? <laughs> yeah, in a way, he saved the day. I liked all that like '80s B film stuff. Like, I w- really wish that they still did more of that. I think it'll come back in film somehow. Yeah. You know, I loved all that stuff, but that, I guess that's not really superhero. Batman. It just makes me think of that stuff. You know. Yeah. Like Batman. That was a really good movie. Ninja Turtles was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And they had that super B yeah, style. Kind of campy. A little yeah, bit. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Right on uh, Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first car? Uh, it was a GMC Safari box van. Not bad. Band van? Band um, van? Yeah. Sometimes it, w- yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> primarily a band van, but um, my folks just passed it on to me when uh, when I went to school in in London. Nice. It was epic. Yeah, it was. It was band van quality. Like it had the like extra long back bench. Like <laughs> ten people. My first car was a, a '88 Ford Escort hatchback, passed along from my sister. Sweet. Yeah. What's the best Canadian city to play? 
Calgary's really fun. Like, Sled Island is great. Um, Edmonton's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> the show last night was amazing. Edmonton, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great show last night. It was really fun at uh, the hall, you know? Yeah, I don't even know the name of that hall. King Edward Hall. King Edward, there you go. Yeah. We uh, had a really good time out um, in New Brunswick. We have really good shows there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. Shows. Anywhere that'll have us. <laughs> um, what is the weirdest request you've ever had from a fan? There hasn't been that many requests, to be honest. But autographs are still interesting. Are a little bit. Yeah, we sign a lot of LPs, and that's 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 neat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like kind of funny. We're not really like that. Do you know what I mean? We're not really. We're just playing the tunes and like, you know, happy to have a chat. Yeah. So when people want you to sign stuff or whatever, it's kind of awkward, but it's funny. Fair you know? enough. Yeah. Give me one of your bucket list items. We've been talking a lot about touring Japan, so we're going to notch that one off the list. Mo- most common answer, touring Japan. <laughs> Is yeah, that, that for question? sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. It's got to be amazing. Uh, what's your favorite road trip album? We listen to a lot of Neil Young. Actually, not this trip so far, but sometimes when the harmonica gets going on, Neil Young, it's a bit hard in the van. Yeah, the open window harmonica, <laughs> loud volume situation. We tend to go in like full days of sort of genres. Nice. Like a lot of synth days. And then I think yesterday or the day before was like kind of garage. Yeah, we did. We had a kind of like an Edmonton go with uh, Brazilian. Or it wasn't an Edmonton go, but there it ended up being some Edmonton bands. Like, uh, was Feel Alright from Edmonton? They're from Calgary. They're from Calgary, so never mind. We were wrong about that. <laughs> but uh, Brazilian Money was yeah. on the list, and some other bands. Um, I, the go-to for me on road trips is Beak. Just something kind of crowdy tonal droney but melodic yeah yeah if you could hang out with one of your musical idols would you um well you already have yeah i was super uh growing up you know listening to a band like eric's trip and then meeting Julie in the music scene and having her stay over. We stayed over at their house, and as soon as I walked in, the bass, you know, the Eric Strip quintessential Rickenbacker bass was, like, right <laughs> in the doorway. And I was, like, pointing at it, um, and I refused to touch it. And then Joe ended up fixing it. So, like, <laughs> no way, <laughs> you know. So if Eric Strip ever gets back together and you see that bass up there, there's only one reason. One Joe. Yeah. But Julie's so friendly and accommodating. Like all those folks, like Bri from the Constantines and Jennifer Castle, those are the types of people we would like to be. They're very modest, humble people. You know, they don't don't put their leather rock and roll jackets on and like there's no stage antics, you know. They're just they're just letting it out and doing it for real and that's that's what I like. And so what I like the most is when I get to we had a really pleasant experience this week we played a north by northeast shows um curated by uh peter from july talk you know you can maybe have preconceived 
assumptions about like the type of personality he might be and he was so friendly and helpful and delightful and supportive Mm -hmm. that's like awesome you know just to meet someone who's like having some success and not letting it get to their heads that's what's that's what's up yeah cool yeah okay well i've got one last question if you just found out you were the last person on earth what's the first thing you would do probably have a smudge or something like that i think maybe try and find some food (laughs) (laughs) or panic panic (laughs) (laughs) cry cry a bit i like that okay well that is it you guys thank you so much for joining me on inside the artist studio and um the way we usually finish things off is with a song so since we've got drew here and you guys have done that uh release through grizzlar i figure we play the dive sound good sure right on all right here we go the dive from whoopso
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Whoopso. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.